Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, host of Dynasty Game Night. My co-host John Bosch and I created this podcast for one reason, to focus on fun. After all, fun is the reason we all started playing fantasy football in the first place. I love games of all sorts, card games, board games, video games, really any kind of game you can think of. So one day, John and I decided it was time for a podcast where we just play games. You might learn something along the way, but you won't find much hard-hitting analysis here. Check out all the other incredible podcasts DLF has to offer for that sort of thing. On Dynasty Game Night, our primary focus is to entertain. So if you like playing games or watching game shows, this might just be the podcast for you. We'd love for you to give it a listen and play along with the contestants and maybe even win a chance to be on the show. Listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off season. Matt, welcome to the 420th episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? I'm doing fantastic, Dan. I am not celebrating this <laughs> evening, though, because I am of sound mind and body so that I can have a conversation. Oh, with you, you know, Matt, it's, it feels like you can always have those conversa- conversations just. Sometimes you're funnier than other times. <laughs> that is definitely true. I have heard so, that. So this is episode 420, and we're going to carry on with what we started a week ago when we started to the, these rookie draft do-overs. We did 2014 last week. It's time for 2015 this week. We should bring in Ryan McDowell, though, first. Ryan, are, are you excited about episode 420? Uh. I'm already kind of frustrated about this episode, so let's let's just get going here. Let's let's get well, to the your draft. frustration. It's it no, sounds like I, you're not celebrating not. enough, to be honest with you. <laughs> that frustration probably looms from looking at the list of players that are on our rosters or were once on our rosters out of the 2015 class. There's some highs and some lows for sure, Ryan. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, we talked about uh, talked about it last week quite a bit. We were, of course, spoiled with that 2014 wide receiver class. Um, I'm not seeing the same uh, the same level uh, of player here with this group. So it, it might get ugly pretty quick. But that that's a good reminder of what to expect from each class. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, for those of you that are wondering, that's the. That's the Jameis Winston draft. He went first overall and, of course, was followed right away by Marcus Mariota. Uh, other highlights early in the first round included Amari Cooper going fourth overall. Todd Gurley went 10th overall. There were guys like Devontae Parker at 14 and Melvin Gordon. There's another name at seven overall, Kevin White. I'm sure a lot of us Dynasty owners remember him as well. We're going to sprinkle in probably all those names I just mentioned and a whole bunch more. And I'm sure like last week, fellas... It's going to get pretty gross by the end of it, uh, but we we did have a conversation. We should clear it up with all the listeners, fellas, that you know really really coming up with a consensus on how you should look at this draft and and maybe if you're following along or, or making the picks with us, if you uh, if you want to hit the pause button real quick, pull up that draft class. The the ADP over at DynastyLeagueFootball.com goes all the way back to then. Of course, you can you can make the picks ahead of us if you'd like. But just to clear things up, we, we decided we're, we're going back. 
knowing what we know now, we're going back to 2015. We're drafting players, uh, knowing their their finishes from every season and how they've played for these five years, plus what you know, and plus considering what we think they're going to do going forward. So really pretending like we have a 15 year. Uh, dynasty franchise. We're going back to the beginning and redrafting it and, and going to play this whole thing out um, the, their first five years in the NFL and beyond. Last week, uh, things got things got kind of crazy, guys. This week, it's going to be it's going to be pretty cool to start off, uh, but but get kind of nuts after that. Um, I actually drew the first pick in this one, and I think it's a slam dunk. I'd like to get your guys' thoughts on it. We go back to um, 2015, and the number one pick in these drafts was Todd Gurley. I think that holds true today. If I could go back, I'm taking Todd Gurley, three-time running back one finisher, including a number one overall player finish. Um, He carried dynasty owners to titles in back-to-back seasons in both 17 and 18. Uh, Just been... Even even through all the injuries and all the all the kind of wear and tear that's gone on on his in his body and the question marks surrounding him, his finishes at the running back position from beginning to to now in his career are nine, fifteen, one, three, and fourteen. So the model of consistency, a guy you want in your lineup every single week, if he's lacing him up. I'm going to take Todd Gurley, number one, just like I did back in 2015. Ryan, Matt, what are your thoughts on who should have gone number one? I think just like when we were drafting in, in 2015, it's a pretty clear tier of two. It's if just if you wanted that wide receiver or wanted that running back. And uh, I can't fault you for going Gurley there, especially considering those dominant years in 2017 and 2018. And even honestly, as a rookie, very good, right? A bit of a, a bit of a, a landmine, I think, a little in, in 2016, you know, based on expectations after his rookie season. And then, of course, 2019, uh, the, you know, quote unquote, injury plagued season where he still had 12 <laughs> rushing touchdowns, right? So uh, I think there is a strong argument for him, number one. Want absolutely yeah i totally agree i think he's he's actually pretty the pretty easily to pick at number one for a lot of the reasons you already mentioned dan of course uh, this won't be a surprise but uh, he has an adp high of one overall and obviously the rb1 as well he held that for quite a while he's the top fantasy scorer uh, in this entire class which is is pretty rare normally you'll see uh, you'll see a quarterback at the top of those lists just due to the fairly consistent uh, high scores we see at the quarterback position. But Gurley's the top overall fantasy scorer uh, in this uh, in this class. He's been an RB1 in over half of his career games, uh, 52%, which blows away anything uh, that anybody else has done in this class. I think Gurley is easy, the easy pick at 101. Yeah, and the nice thing about Gurley is, I guess, not only that he's still around and that you still can expect some production, but like you mentioned, Ryan, there were times when he was the most coveted player in our game, and there were so many opportunities where you could get a haul, uh, multiple first-round draft picks, uh, young players that you can build around. So so Gurley's been up there for a while, while maybe we're not leaning on him to be one of those guys that that go for that number one overall spot in fantasy scoring going forward. He's certainly been there in the past and helped helped me, helped lots of dynasty owners for that matter, win titles. So Ryan, you drew the second pick, then it'll be Matt on the turn. He'll have three and four. Ryan, who do you got at two overall? 
I think I'm going to surprise some people here a little bit, maybe surprise Matt at least from the sounds of it. I'm going to take Melvin Gordon at two overall. Uh, if you look at, at his numbers, uh, he's, he's the third highest scorer in the class, it has an ADP high of 10 overall, uh, RB high or an ADP high of RB6. And after a, a slow start in his rookie year, he gave us an RB7 finish, RB5 finish, RB8 finish, and then even RB22 last year, despite that holdout. Uh, and, and now, of course, he's moved on to the Broncos and, and slated to start uh, there for them. So similar to Gurley, can still give us more production and, and add to his profile. So um, I'm going Melvin Gordon at two overall. I like it, Ryan. I actually had Melvin Gordon at second on my board as well. Uh, lots of consistency. And like you mentioned, the holdout, it, it really hurt him last season. He was another guy that, that has carried dynasty teams at times, a pass catcher as well. So uh, Gordon, another guy that was picked high in that draft class. He, he, he went fourth overall in most drafts or in lots of draft in, in the top five in these leagues. So, so Gordon stayed up there as well. Matt, like I said, you got two on the turn. What, which way are you going? Yeah, I definitely expected to end up with Melvin Gordon here, so a little bit of a surprise, absolutely. Um, but uh, I will take I'll, I'll take Ryan's, you know, what what I thought was his guy here. I, I got to go with Amari Cooper. Um, you know, I, I don't really know if there's much to say. I, I think he is probably two overall for me in this in this scenario, just like he was in 2015. Uh, started his career with two straight thousand yard seasons, a bit of a dip uh, after some injuries in 2017, uh, and then 2018. Uh, you know, started slow again, but moved over to Dallas, and and you know the rest is history. There, we've we've seen what he's been able to accomplish with Dak, and and hopefully will continue to to accomplish in the future. You know, signed a big deal, so he's a secure player. Uh, has been a consistent player since entering the league except for in that in that rookie season I guess in that first half of his uh, excuse me in, in his third season in that first half of the 28 season uh, uh, 2018 season but other than that I mean he's been you know uh, a, a constant force in, in fantasy for us uh, and you know a, a, a fantasy wider or a dynasty I should say a dynasty wide receiver one for uh, in terms of ADP for much of that time so uh, he was my number two overall, so happy to get him here at three. I like the pick for sure, and he has been that model of consistency, a guy that if he hasn't been a – although he hasn't been a consistent wide receiver one, he's consistently put those wide receiver two type numbers up with that exception of 2017, as you mentioned there, Matt, and then projecting him going forward. I think most dynasty owners are excited to have him on their roster. That wide receiver 10 finish from a year ago, that's just – uh, just really the beginning of, of really that potential that we see him in his prime over the next handful of seasons. I, like you, Matt, am a tad surprised that Ryan didn't go with anything for Amari Cooper. Ryan, explain yourself. Yeah, the, the numbers don't lie. Um, I, I love Amari Cooper, but when you look at, at kind of the bottom lines, he has not produced at that elite level yet, um, at least not on a consistent basis. So, Again, getting those three RB1 seasons from Gordon, uh, knowing he's been valued uh, basically as a top five running back throughout his career, uh, that's, that was too much to pass up. So looking back at ADP from back in 2015, it started off back then with Todd Gurley and Amari Cooper. Then it was Kevin White, then Melvin Gordon. So, I mean, 
most of us that were picking at the top of those classes, guys, we got what we were paying for, with the exception of Kevin White, of course. These guys have hung around. They've had uh, top 10 finishes in their at their position group. They've carried dynasty owners at times. Beyond that, we got to dig a little bit deeper in the ADP because... Uh, because the the guys right around them haven't been quite as consistent. There are some some better players uh, as you go down the list, though, Ryan. I think we have to stop here and, and give some credit to Kevin White as one of the biggest, <laughs> biggest fantasy busts, really, of all time. Uh, you know, Trent Richardson gets a lot of that, even though he had uh, he had the one productive season, and uh, there's there's plenty of other guys that get a lot of hate, but. Kevin White was a receiver, broke out his final year with West Virginia, and people were taking him sometimes over Amari Cooper, sometimes as the 101 in some leagues. I remember that in leagues that I play in. And you look at his career production, and obviously we know we know off the top of our head it was bad. He never really made it. He scored 54 career fantasy points. 54. Ouch. I'm pretty sure Amari Cooper has had – you know, a, a stretch of two games where he outscored that, where he scored more than that. Um, somehow, somehow uh, Kevin White did reach an ADP high of wide receiver 17. I'm sure that was uh, early in his career before we really saw what uh, what was going on with him, do. what he couldn't do. He missed his entire rookie season, so did not uh, did not get on the field in 2015. In 2016, he was the wide receiver 123. And that was his best season. It went down from there before he busted out of the league. So, um, yeah, if you spend a, a top three pick or, man, a top a top overall pick on Kevin White, like just just pour one out now. <laughs> pour one. Out. He he might be he might be the the best fade of my entire fantasy career, which is about twenty yeah, four years. Yeah, I was. Now. <laughs> you know, it's him or him, him or Laquan Treadwell, which I guess he's still in the league, sort of. So I guess, I yeah, guess Kevin yeah, White. Treadwell, Treadwell got me for sure, but I was way off Kevin White. Uh, and me too. Everybody, everybody should have been, <laughs> no doubt. Uh, Matt, you're you're back on the clock at one oh four. It starts getting a little bit more interesting. Yeah, I was going to say one other fade in this class that I did not did not fade was real quick was DGB. So pour one out for him. I I definitely uh, got caught by him and and, a, and actually in KS4 Ryan, I think I spent way too much in my for my initial auction in KS4 and uh, ruined that entire team. <laughs> but that's another story. Uh, let's go to 1.04. Uh, yeah, this there, this is where I think is there is an absolute uh, absolute tier break here if you want to throw Gordon into that top top tier. Um, but I am going to go back to the to the running back position and take someone who also had three uh, three running back one season. In fact, he finished as running back eight in a, in a part time role in his first season, the running back one in his second season in 2016, and the running back nine uh, in 2018. And that's David Johnson. Uh, so, so whenever you can get a guy that can finish the the first in his position overall, like with with hindsight analysis, obviously like we're doing now, um, you know, I, I think you have to be able to take that. That's considered basically a league winner. So uh, if 
you had David Johnson in 2016, you, is a good chance. I think that you probably won your league until and until Christian McCaffrey kind of kind of tore him out of the water this last season in, in 2019. Uh, you know, I think he was he, he was he was kind of that that ultimate PPR back before McCaffrey kind of came on the scene. So uh, there's a lot of good choices here at four, I think. But David Johnson is one that uh, way down at at 18th overall in 2015, in the middle of the second round. Uh, anybody that took him there after those first two years, you were yeah, you were smiling, smiling because because he was valued as the number one player on the board at, at, at one point uh, in that second year and and even in that that third off season, I guess there were. There were there were dynasty owners everywhere piling up draft picks to add David Johnson because of all those things you mentioned the dual threat the running the pass catching he could work outside and inside and and again projecting him forward well he's changed teams and he had a down season no doubt in 2019 opportunity is going to be there in 2020 and I don't think anybody would be surprised if David Johnson ended 2020 as a top 15 or even 20 running back which just adds to that. Uh, resume, I guess, moving forward. I actually had DJ at three. I would have taken taken Johnson ahead of Amari Cooper um, because of those three three really good seasons and that and those two really elite seasons where where he carried dynasty owners. That puts Ryan on the clock at one hundred and five. How are you going to follow up the David Johnson pick? Yeah, just just on thinking about Johnson for a second, along with Melvin Gordon, Todd Gurley. It's it's interesting. All three are in similar spots this year that they have. They have changed teams, uh, obviously lost some fantasy value as we head into the 2020 season. Uh, it just kind of fits the narrative that has been a popular one this offseason of uh, selling or, or even avoiding those quarterbacks after that first contract. So that's what we're seeing with, with uh, those top running backs from, from the 2015 year. Uh, at five overall, I am going to go to the quarterback position. Again, we're doing a super flex format. So I'll take Jameis Winston here. He was the top overall pick in the NFL draft that year. He scored the second most fantasy points in this class behind only Todd Gurley. Uh, I mean, we we all know the story with with Winston. He's erratic and he's turnover prone, but he's he's also given us, let's see, three seasons as QB 13 or better, including last year's QB four, which was uh, a major comeback from him for him after that 2018 year. So at this point, if you are hanging on to Winston, probably a little disappointed that he didn't get a, a starting job, but I would say there's there's still hope for him. He's still young in terms of uh, quarterback career lifespan, so we're uh, we're hoping Winston has a, a 2021 starting job and maybe even with the New Orleans Saints. I like that pick, Ryan. I had him right in this group of players following that, that top four. Uh, Jameis Winston certainly fits in. I have the next two picks, and I'm going to go back to the receiver position um, and, and pick a couple of guys, really, that that were down on, on Dynasty lists back uh, when they were rookies. I'm going to start off with Stefan Diggs. He was one of my favorite rookies that year. Took him in the third round of a lot of Dynasty rookie drafts. And while he didn't produce all that much as a rookie, there were, there were signs that he was late in that season that he was going to have a bigger role moving forward. He went in his rookie season as a wide, the wide receiver 48 in production up to wide receiver 31 in his second year, then to 19, then as a 
his first season as a wide receiver one in his fourth season, 2018. He was wide receiver 10 overall. And then uh, last season, of course, wide receiver 21. So he's been consistently getting better throughout his career. The move to Buffalo is a little bit of, of a of a downward move. He's on a downward trajectory, maybe for fantasy. Well, that was a good move for the bills and will certainly be fun for bills fans. And, and he'll, he's no doubt going to make some of those big plays. I don't know if he'll have the same type of opportunities in Buffalo that he had in Minnesota. Nevertheless, he went in the third round in rookie drafts back in 2015. He's going to be the sixth pick overall in this redo uh, I'll take Stefan Diggs sixth. And then with the seventh pick, guys, a similar story, really. Tyler Lockett, another guy that was taken in the third round, 25th overall back in 2015. Uh, same kind of kind of slow start to his career, maybe even a little more emphatic. Wide receiver 42, then wide receiver 66, wide receiver 57. He was hitting some waiver wires in some dynasty leagues. So going into this, we knew we'd have to wait on Tyler Lockett. But two really strong wide receiver two seasons in the last two years. Wide receiver 16 in 2018. Wide receiver 13 in 2019. And he's he's seen as a top 20 dynasty asset as we speak, I think we all project him forward as as being one of those wide receiver two type receivers for the next few seasons. That makes Tyler Lockett the 107 in this exercise. Is it back to me? Uh, that I, I like it back to you, Ryan. I like the Lockett pick. I like both picks. I, I think those those were the next guys uh, on my board. Uh, so that that puts me back at the quarterback position. Not quite as confident in in this one, but I'll take Marcus Mariota. He, of course, was the second overall pick that year. Um, he he hit an ADP high of QB four. Uh, that's kind of hard to remember at this point, but uh, I guess that's what uh, that's that's what happens to us when we we kind of see the results of of the past season. Mariota did give us. Uh, he actually never gave us a, a QB one season, despite being valued so highly. Uh, but quarterback 15 in his second year, and, and then so, a couple of low-end QB2 seasons, and, and kind of kind of similar to Winston at this point. We'll just wait and see if he can uh, regain a starting position now that he is with the Raiders. The thing about Mariota, Ryan, going back to early in his career, he had those blow-up games, those big games that got dynasty owners and fantasy owners everywhere pretty excited so if you're you were lucky enough to kind of project him and, and pick those games in single quarterback leagues you got some big numbers out of Marcus Mariota unfortunately you also got those dud games where he turned the ball over he was even replaced a few times in the middle of his career so uh, we'll see with Mariota I still have I still have a spot for him I, I think I think there's still a shot for him down the road we'll see what happens Matt you're up at 109 and you also have the 10th pick as well yeah, yeah. This is where it uh, it gets gets pretty I think, gross. I, I think, think it got uh, gross with my last pick. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, but like even like, but you know, again, from hindsight analysis, Mariota looked pretty good. Uh, you know, those first well, not maybe not pretty good, but you know, decent in those first five years, uh, especially when he was up to what was I think you said quarterback five uh, after his 2016 season. Uh, I don't have that luxury. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Oh, man, I just this is just. I feel wrong every, no matter which name I say here. <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Tevin Coleman at 109. 
You know, I was never his biggest fan. I was always team Devontae Freeman, um, you know, with him coming up behind him. Uh, but you can't deny what he did under under Kyle Shanahan and, and limited opportunities uh, after his first season where he really was not uh, involved in, as, a, as a pass catcher at all. He kind of showed that he could catch the ball a little bit. Uh, 31 catches in 2016 uh, never really was a high yardage guy his last year in Atlanta uh, and in 2018 with 800 yards on the ground was really his peak um, but you know uh, going forward looks like he still probably has some little a little bit of value I would definitely if we're talking about 2020 prices I would much rather have Tevin Coleman at his ADP than I would Raheem Mostert at this point um, another another back that's actually in this class and people are probably going to be surprised to hear about that once he goes off the board um, but uh, you know a, a solid player I guess a contributor a, a flex play if nothing else um, for us for for many years in fantasy and so I, I suppose that is worth something yeah worth something for sure Matt and you know looking back at that ADP he was a late first round pick in a lot of lot of drafts sometimes even slipped into the second round his ADP is 11 overall according to DLF and like looking at his career and, and what you got out of him and comparing him against the rest of the class it's crazy to say, but Tevin Coleman has moved up the board. He's he's gotten better, and he was picked <laughs> at eleven uh, five years ago. So so really, you've gotten you did pretty good if you picked him at eleven, twelve, thirteen, somewhere around there. Yeah, and we could even add more, add a couple more spots to that, right? Because there wasn't too many superflex going leagues going on in twenty fifteen, and we're using this as a superflex exercise. So um, you could say he maybe moved up even even farther than that if we sure. were considering this as a one quarterback exercise, right? So um, next pick uh, again, don't really feel every single one of these feels wrong, uh, but I'm gonna I'm actually gonna pivot. I did have a player here, and then once we solidified how we were gonna view. Uh, this exercise, I pivoted over to uh, Jamison Crowder. And that might be a bit of a surprise, I think. Uh, you know, again, not an elite producer any year, but his rookie season for Washington, uh, 59 catches on, on seven, just 78 targets. And we really thought that he was, you know, maybe going to make that ascendant as the na- next great slot receiver. And, you know, he improved again in his sophomore season uh, with, with 67 catches, almost 850 yards. And then we saw him, you know, uh, you know kind of maintain that steady, I guess you'd say, you know, probably – what low wide receiver three ish production, you know, occasionally spiking to those wide receiver two weeks, but you know, somebody that can provide an anchor, a, a PPR anchor for your team, you know, someone who was never going to, going to explode off of your, off of your uh, score sheet for you, but someone who is going to provide those baseline points injured in 2018. And then last year we saw 2019, he really become, came the focal point of, uh, you know, the jets passing offense, probably because everybody else was injured and there was just nobody else to catch the ball, but all the way up to 122 targets, 78, catches again 800 yards and, and and half a dozen touchdowns or so and you know again if we're looking at looking at uh, as we go forward and considering the the covid times i think it's hard to argue that he won't be the most consistent receiver in and uh for the new york jets again in in 2020 uh if we can't get denzel mims into camp if brashad perriman isn't able to get on the same page with of the offense and with sam darnold so uh you know solid little career i hear for jamison crowder i think yeah, I like the pick. I had Crowder. I also had Tevin Coleman in there. I was hoping one of them would get to the back end of the first round. Uh, you, you definitely got me with them. <laughs> Perfect. Ryan, who, uh, who's your – you can't go with another quarterback, I don't think. Your last couple picks have been Winston and Mariota, unless you want to dig no, real I, deep. I think I want, I want to see if I can uh, trade Mariota for Tevin Coleman. Matt, convince me on that one that, <laughs> that I made a bad pick. Uh, 
but I guess I guess no no do overs in our do over draft at this point. So um, I think this is the eleventh pick. I am I'm going to take Devonte Parker here. Uh, Parker was the 14th overall pick in the NFL draft. He was a top five rookie pick in most drafts. And, and as we all know, he, he was a huge disappointment for the first four years of his career. What, what I like about Parker from, from the standpoint of this, uh, of this exercise is he was never really bad enough that he hit waiver wires in, in most typical dynasty leagues. He was really kind of that roster clogger. You were holding out hope of course, we always saw the preseason buzz that this was going to be the year that Devontae Parker uh, actually broke out. And then he finally did it in in 2019 with a wide receiver 11 finish. Uh, his, his previous best was wide receiver 51 in his second season. So huge, huge value bump, huge uh, production bump for Devontae Parker. But uh, there, there's some other guys we'll get to later here with some uh, some more recent production, but I think the, the difference between Parker and those guys is Parker was always on your roster. So it's while you had to wait, uh, he still somehow maintained at least a little bit of value. Yeah, he did. And there was always somebody in the league that was holding out hope. So at least you could deal him for as a throw in in a trade or, or to move up a couple of spots in a draft or something like that. I was a big Devonte Parker fan coming out. I, I knew that that potential existed inside of him. I hope he keeps it up because really in 2019, he was a lot of fun to watch. He made a lot of big plays. And while some of us were probably thinking, oh, it's just a flash, it's just a few weeks, he's done this before, uh, he was able to maintain it through the entire season. I have the last pick in the first round, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take one that's a little bit, a little bit, uh, just doesn't feel great, I guess. Um, I'm going to go back to the running back position, take Duke Johnson. He's... Well, he's never been that flashy guy, never carried your dynasty franchise or, or carried your any fantasy team for that matter. He was a, he did have a little bit of consistency, especially, uh, well, really throughout his entire career, his peak running back 11 in his third season, every, everything else is between, as I said, running back 11 and running back 37. So at, at his low points, he's a flex type player. I think he still maintained that value all the way through 2019. There's probably uh, a little bit of fog over his head right now, as far as his dynasty and fantasy value moving forward because of David Johnson and him being there and that, that potential for him to take the passing down work or at least some of it away from Duke Johnson. I tell you what, if you've had Duke Johnson on your roster over the last five years, at the very least, he's been useful when you needed him. He was a bye week uh, reserve, a fill-in, a guy that could fill in if you had an injury. And while that's not exciting and certainly isn't usually what you're looking for if you're spending a first-round pick on a rookie, uh, I think Duke Johnson really fits in right in here, right around the turn. So Duke Johnson's the pick at 12. I'm going to kick off the second round as well. And I, I think I'm going to go to the guy that you were referring to there, Ryan, when you were talking about Devontae Parker and how he was held on rosters for those first four years until his breakout in 2019. Darren Waller was in this class as well. And while he was dropped on, I would say, 99.9% .9 of dynasty rosters where he was drafted, and in a lot of leagues he didn't even get drafted in, in three-round rookie drafts, uh, that, that big boom in year five, once he got to Oakland and had the big season, a tight, a 
you know, elite type tight end season, had big games that could weak winning type games. If, you know, while we do this uh, exercise, we're, we're going back, knowing his finishes, knowing how he performs. If you knew that back in 2015, I think he'd fit right in here, right around the 13, 14, 15 spot in a draft. And you just say to yourself, well, I have to, I have a roster clogger for four years. After that, I have an elite asset that at the, at the very best could get me something moving forward. But at the worst, I think he's projected to be a top, top eight tight, tight end at the, at the low end, I would say in 2020. Uh, if you get a couple more seasons of that going forward, I think that that totally makes him worthy of being the 13th pick in our little draft right here. Ryan, I know you had th- some thoughts on on Waller coming in. I'd like to know where you had him ranked in this exercise and what your thoughts are are on where he should have gone. Yeah, I had him ranked a little bit lower than that. You, you took him 13. I had him 16 overall, so a, a couple players still on the board that – I would have taken over him, but I think you make you make a good case. And really, to compare him to Parker, they both gave us uh, starting level seasons. You know, a tight end, a tight end one season, a wide receiver uh, one season for Parker this past year. But we had to wait on both, right? If if Devontae Parker was a uh, a sixth round draft pick and and basically undrafted in fantasy drafts, he would have been sitting on the waiver wire as well. It was it was that draft capital both in the NFL draft and in rookie drafts that kept him on our roster. It certainly was not his production. So uh, I, I think that makes sense. And uh, at at this point in the draft, looking at the names available. A, a tight end two overall season is, is just about the best thing on anybody's resume. So no, no issues with Waller at that point. So that puts us through 13 players and Ryan, you're back on the clock. We're going to try to shoot through a second round here. Uh, if we can find 11 more players worthy of being on, being on rosters at any point in their career. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to try 14 overall. I think, uh, I think that's my pick. I'm going to take TJ Yeldon. He's the next guy on my board. Uh, surprisingly had us an ADP high of RB 36 and 33 overall. So he was being drafted in the third round. Uh, at, at one point he gave us, uh, some some pretty consistent production. Nothing nothing high end. RB twenty two was his best season. That was actually just in twenty eighteen. Uh, but RB twenty seven year, RB thirty three year, and of course he's uh, pr- pretty much an afterthought and and probably on waiver wires at this point. So not uh, not much hope for any future production from Yeldon. But again, when you see somebody was valued so highly as a top five player at their position. They gave you a couple of startable seasons Uh, at this point in the second round. That's just about the best you can hope for. I think I can speak for all three of us when I say that when we saw that (laughs) TJ Yeldon was at one point, a top five running back asset, all of our jaws hit the, hit the floor. That's really unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, Matt, you have a couple picks here, uh, here at the beginning of the second round as well at 203 and 204. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's not so good, not so good right now. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, UDFA Tyrell Williams here. Uh, had a nice uh, sophomore season. It kind of coincided with with uh, the collapse of of Keenan Allen's knees for the second time. Um, you know, Keenan Allen uh, had a 
great couple of seasons to start the start his career, and then the injury concerns came back, right? Uh, in 2015, only played eight games, and then 2016, in the very first game of the season, I remember this game so well because I was so, and still am, honestly, still heavily invested in Keenan Allen. I remember him seeing that six for 63 line. Just he's on his way to to being that efficient. Uh, I guess you could compare it to Jarvis Landry like like uh, production uh, early in early in that career, um, and it just didn't happen for him. But that was the year that Tyrell Williams kind of took advantage of that in 2016, uh, filled in nicely as their wide receiver one with 119 targets, 69 catches, just over a thousand yards and seven touchdowns. And you know he always kind of ca- kind of flashed that that talent uh, in, in his in his rookie season. He, he was hurt as well, so he really didn't get that opportunity until that second season. And, and, and what an opportunity it was. Uh, uh, kind of followed that up and in, in, in 2017 with a you know a, a little bit of a disappointment down to 700 yards and just four touchdowns uh, but Keenan Allen came back and you know and that was that was when Keenan Allen kind of kind of took off so it co- coincided with that uh, again another disappointing year in 2018 really uh, you, you thought maybe if he was going to display that ability as a wide receiver one with no real help around him that he might have taken off a little bit more uh, with with Keenan Allen drawing the the number one the uh, coverage, but it just never really happened. And then last season in Oakland, uh, you know, it started off. He started off hot. Uh, I think it was a touchdown in six straight games uh, before he uh, got hurt again as well. And Darren Waller kind of took over that passing offense. So you know, uh, a, a solid career after a, a injury plagued rookie season, uh, and and one season where uh, you know he was really exciting for dynasty players. So I'll take him here at two hundred three, two hundred four. Uh, it's, it's, it's real gross now, you guys. Um, I'm actually, this is probably not the right pick, but I, but I, I I was a a fan of his. I'm going to take him here anyway. Uh, it's, it's Jay Ajayi, you know, uh, someone who never really fulfilled his, uh, lofty expectations. I think, uh, someone who came out, uh, you know, with, with an injury history and it just kind of, he kind of never really got ahead of that. Uh, he had a, a standout season in 2016 with over 1,200 yards, uh, and actually had three 200-plus yard games in that season. One of those with four tu- with four touchdowns, I believe. So after 2016, we thought, you know, hey, it's it's happening, man. Uh, and then he just never really got along with Gase. Big surprise, right? Uh, that, that's never happened with any other player before. Uh, and moved on to Philadelphia in that same season, and, and kind of you know got back to that, at least in terms of the way people I think were valuing and trades, you know, close to that fringe. Uh, a running back one status kind of up there and uh, you know some in the, in the 12 to 15 range I think he was where he was being valued at right after that move uh, and just the bone-on-bone contact that we heard about after the 2016 season just never it never allowed him to really get back on the field so disappointing after that and, and obviously no future now but those first three seasons or so three or four seasons were, were pretty fun. Matt, you said maybe that wasn't the right pick. I think it's absolutely the right pick. Oh, good, Getting good. That, I was afraid. I, I, I would have taken him for sure. Uh, having that, that running back one type season and being as high as sixth on the running back ADP list, uh, that that certainly fits him in the middle of the first round. Before we go, Before we go any further, guys, we should talk about our friends over at Dynasty Owner. Uh, dot com. Those guys, they unite fun and ex- the, the fun and excitement of fantasy football with the skill and strategy of the front office. Dynasty Owner is the only way to play fantasy football with real, real NFL salaries, adding the strategy of running an NFL franchise. Dynasty Owner provides a unique challenge for diehard fantasy football fanatics like Matt, Ryan, and myself. You can go to DynastyOwner.com slash DLF where leagues are forming right now. That's dynastyowner.com slash DLF. Uh, guys, we've 
we've all been in those leagues where the winner just got lucky and and you know that you're better than than those that that guy that ended up at the top and got his name on the trophy well dynasty owner gives you the platform to prove that you're better than that them uh it's very rare that that somebody gets lucky and puts that name on the trophy dynasty owner favors skilled players who can manage their roster using real nfl salaries within a salary cap it adds an entirely new level of strategy again you should go to dynastyowner.com slash dlf validate your fantasy football skills that's dynastyowner.com slash dlf guys we got to shoot through these last few picks uh, Ryan, you're on the clock at 2.05. Who do you got here? I'm going to take Nelson Aguilar. He was a first-round pick in the NFL draft, which is uh, kind of hard to even remember, actually. He was a first-rounder in Dynasty rookie drafts as well. He gave us two seasons, uh, two startable seasons, wide receiver 23, wide receiver 34. Switching teams this offseason, we'll see if he can make any kind of impact with the Raiders. I do not like my options, as I'm sure you guys don't either. I'm going to take – ugh, this is gross. I have to take Raheem Mostert. And once again, I'm going to wait and wait and wait and wait until finally in 2019 I can use him, put him in a lineup. And hopefully in 2020 and beyond I get something out of him too. A guy that was middling in the 160s at the running back position early in his career. Um, I guess he's the pick here. And then after that, I'm, oh man, I'll go with Devin Funches. He did have one useful season uh, to Dynasty owners in his third year where he was a wide receiver too, finished 22nd at the position. He got as high as 24 uh, in ADP at the wide receiver position and 50 overall. So there was a time where he's valuable. Maybe there's just a inkling of potential moving forward now that he's in Green Bay and attached to Aaron Rodgers. So I guess Funchess is the pick here at 207. Ryan, that puts you back on the clock at 208. Yeah, Mostert was the other guy, I think, as you alluded to, kind of in a similar spot to to Waller. If we if we knew what we were waiting on, it, it might have been worth the wait. Uh, I'll take Brashad Perriman here, another first-round wide receiver. Really, finally uh, broke through a little bit last year with the Buccaneers, uh, but that was even just a wide receiver 51 season. Uh, he's actually been gaining value over the past uh, the past year or so. And another player, yet another player from this class, who has changed teams this offseason. How about you, Matt? You got two more picks. Let's rattle them off. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We're going to go Adam Humphreys, another UDFA here. Uh, again, you know, just a solid slot receiver. Didn't do much his rookie season. But after that, you know, 500 yards, couple hundred yards here. And then six, six, eight, And then uh, this last season with Tennessee, you know, signed that big contract. And, um, you know, did not really – it didn't really matter because the Tennessee offense was not geared to throw to three different receivers. So uh, Humphreys was – you know, signed that big contract but didn't really live up to expectations. But a fine career so far with uh, – and, and, you know, maybe more next year when he's healthy. Next up, man – now it's now it's real gross, you guys. Uh, I'm going to take Philip Dorsett, I guess. Uh, it was a confusing pick at the time for the Colts. Uh, you know, it kind of seemed like a, a redundant with, with T.Y. Hilton, who was definitely in his prime at that time. Uh, and, uh, you know, never never really materialized as that deep threat opposite of him. Uh, a career high of 500 yards in his second season. Went to New England and, you know, kind of came back to fantasy relevancy a little bit. Uh but uh, maybe maybe not the best first-round pick at wide receiver in, in NFL history. Okay, Ryan, you got one more pick at 23 overall. 
I'm going to take Ty Montgomery, uh, originally drafted oh, as... I can't believe it got sniped <laughs> at the end of this thing. That's gross. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you're upset about it. Uh, of course, Montgomery was drafted as a wide receiver by the Packers. Never really made much of an impact there. They moved him to running back, uh, and, and suddenly he had some value. He was the RB14 at one point in our ADP, almost an RB1, which is crazy. Uh, his best season Shoot. was uh, 32 overall. I think that's actually when he was still uh, playing playing wide receiver, I believe. So not a ton of production, but did have a spike in value and, and had a few big games for half a season there. I'm going to, uh, as I said last week, the truly Mr. Irrelevant is going to be Thomas Rawls. He, yes. th- there was a point, you guys, we talked about it leading up to the show. He was the running back seven God, I loved ADP him. for a minute after his uh, rookie season. Uh, finished that season as the RB36 and just fell off the, the dynasty landscape after that. He's the final pick in this exercise. Guys, Ryan, you first. Did, did, was there anything we learned from this episode? Um, this, this one was tough. Um, I mean, you look, we had so many wide receivers and this was, this was the time we talked about it. I think before we, we started recording, despite getting Todd Gurley and David Johnson and, and, um, Melvin. And Melvin Gordon, thank you. Despite getting those three stud running backs from this class, there were so many first-round wide receivers, both in the NFL draft and as a result in, in dynasty drafts that we were chasing. And this was the time when eight, nine, ten of the of the top 12 overall players were wide receivers. Um, so I, I think we this, this was kind of the beginning of going overboard um, with that position and, and guys like Perriman and Aguilar and, and Dorsett were first round rookie picks and, and Kevin White as well. And, and they were almost all bust. Yeah. It's painful to go back and look at, look at the, some of the players that we were investing our futures, maybe trading up in rookie drafts to try to grab. If you did that at the very top with guys like Gurley, Gordon, Cooper, or if you you got the good the the guys who really outperformed their ADP like David Johnson or Stephon Diggs or Tyler Lockett, you you really like this class. But if you you found those guys like Kevin White or you remember Amir Abdullah, he was in the first round in a lot of these drafts. Chris Conley and Mike Davis I and Thomas Rawls do. filled out later on in the draft. Those are those are or I, I guess I drafted Rawls, but those are some of the guys that we overlooked this time that weren't overlooked back in fifteen. How about you, Matt? Anything anything jump off to you? Not, not really. Uh, you know, first round running backs, they're, they're money. I, I feel like, uh, that's, that's, that's been a consistent kind of guide point for, for dynasty owners is if it's a first round running back, they're going to get opportunity and produce early. And after that, uh, you know, it can be, a, be a, be a crap shoot. Uh, you had Amir, Amir Abdullah, like you mentioned in the second round, of course, a couple of third round guys, but after the third round, like why even it's, it's almost like why even bother drafting running backs? Of course, that's not true. We all have our favorites, even in the 2020 class, right. That went after that. Uh, and it's a different landscape in the NFL, but you know, I think it just continues to reinforce the fact that if you have first round running backs, uh, there's a good chance they're probably going to get hit within their first couple of years and next week we get to talk about that 2016 class it's going to be a fun one for sure we'll try to squeeze out 24 more players from that draft class uh it should be a good time for ryan and matt i'm dan thanks for listening to this episode of the dlf dynasty podcast we'll catch you again next week